What is Montrospective? It's what we say to ourselves and our attitude towards it. We repeat mantras over and over again to ourselves. If we're doing it right, they're positive, not negative. What we say affects our attitude and our point of view. We all have dreams and goals, but how many of us know where to start to make them happen? I am fascinated by everyday people who are doing extraordinary things, and I wanted to find out why and how they were able to be successful. I spent 16 years in radio, not as a DJ, but as a promotions director. I never had an interest in being front and center or putting myself out there as a personality. Fast forward to today, I have something to say and messages from incredible people to share. Simply put, I am interested. I want to know what propels everyday people to follow their dreams in the hopes that it will inspire you to do the same. We have one life to live. Let's listen, learn, and share our journey with the world. This is Montrospective. Montrospective would like to thank our sponsor. If you're looking for a one-stop shop that offers yoga, meditation, Reiki, readings, and various other classes along with being a metaphysical store, check out Mantra in Blue Springs, Missouri off 7 Highway. Also online at mantrakc.com. My next guest is the creator of Money Design with Darcy. She is a spiritual guide, money healer, and international best-selling author. She spent over a decade as a CPA in public accounting, and she's also a wife and mom of three. Out of everything I just said, you might ask, what exactly is a money healer? A money healer is someone we all need in our lives. She has taken her intuitive gifts, coupled with her knowledge of finances, to deconstruct her own connection to money, and has manifested the life she's always wanted. And she can help you too. She guides you through uncovering your own unique money design and how you can reprogram it to shift the conditioning of the relationship you've had with money that you received when you were young. Trust me, you're going to want to pay attention to this. It can be a game changer. Darcy Elizabeth, welcome to Montrospective. Hello, thanks for having me. <laughs> was that fairly accurate of who yeah, you are? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been very excited to talk to you since I was introduced to you. Um, you have a very interesting free video series that we're going to talk about a little later on that explains all of this in more depth, but I want to start off getting to know you, Darcy, the person first. So tell me a little bit about Darcy as a little girl and what your dreams and hopes were and what you wanted to be when you grew up. Oh, okay. So when I was little, I wanted to write. I wanted to share and I wanted to tell stories. I really wanted to be a storyteller and I am moving into that now. I published my first book last fall and the next one's coming out next spring, but I never thought it would be in this way. I never thought it would be through the lens of money and I never thought it would be teaching. Um, so it's, it's interesting how it's evolved, but that's all I wanted was to tell stories, to write, to be able to dream. That was, that's little Darcy was, she's a dreamer. Well, that's awesome. Um, you know, obviously you developed into um, this interest in money, finances, things like that much later in life. But growing up, what kind of relationship did your family have with money? And was that any kind of influence on you later on? Yes, that is. I love to say to people that I don't do the work that I do because I've always been good at this. I do it because I have 
worked through what, what came through in my own life. So I was able to guide myself through and teach myself in a way how to heal my own relationship to money. And through that lens, I've been able to kind of fine tune and create processes to help people do it much faster and in a much easier way. So growing up, I lived in, you know, our family had more of a lack and scarcity type mentality, as many people do this you know, you work hard, you, money doesn't grow on trees, you don't waste this feeling that when you spend, it doesn't return when you, there's a, there's a finite limit on how much you can receive. And that's really, you know, my family, but also society as well, kind of paints that picture around um, this cap and this limit on what we can receive. So that coupled with the fact that my dad also has an entrepreneurial spirit always trying new things, building new businesses, always wanting to make that work. And unfortunately he couldn't, things would pop up that he wasn't able to surmount. So there were a lot of limiting beliefs shown to me, spoken to me, modeled to me that told me that being a business owner, owning your own business was not a smart move. It you're going to lose money. You're going to fail. Things aren't going to work out for you in the long run. So quit while, you know, quit before your head um, or however that saying goes. So that was what was kind of modeled to me as a child. So when I wanted to become a business owner, when my own entrepreneurial spirit sparked up, it took a lot of introspective work years. I mean, years and years and years of introspective work and deconstructing those beliefs in order to allow myself to make money as a business owner, because my body was certain and conditioned that it could not make money as a business owner. The only way to make money was to work for somebody else. That's, that was kind of the programming that was running in my body. Um, so having to delete, reprogram those beliefs, and then also heal those pieces that I received from my parents. So we all receive beliefs, conditioning patterns, um, unhealed trauma in our bodies. So it's that work of going through that in order to allow me to kind of move through. So it did greatly affect me. And I don't think I would be teaching what I'm teaching if I did not have to go through that process myself because it was grueling and it was six years of trying to become a business owner, you know, trying to get out of corporate, trying to get out of my day job with little to nothing to show with all of the work that I was efforting. And it was really diving into my money design and diving into why I'm programmed to work with money the way I am that allowed me to move past that and create a profitable business and be able to teach in this way. And I know that I was led through those experiences so that I could stand here now being like, I've been in your shoes. I know what's possible. And, you know, here, take my hand. You don't have to go through all of this, the hard stuff to get there. There is an easier way and here it is. So I hope that answers your question. I went on a bit of a tangent. No, no, no. This is where it all started for me when I watched your video series is realizing you and I were so similar and it gave me that slap of aha. Oh my gosh. Like I finally understand now where my life path 
started and the issues I started having. Um, similar to you, I went to college for accounting, nice. of all things. I yep. didn't end up doing accounting, but, <laughs> but the pressure was there when I was in high school to figure out what you wanted to do with your life. And you needed to pick a career that you were going to be successful at and be stable. And of course, in my mind, I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to, you know, move to LA and all of those crazy things. But I had a father and a grandmother who were um, very serious with me about that stuff. Like, that's great. You can do it on the side, but you need to have that fallback. What we're, we're all told when we're young, you know, have that fallback plan, which is actually supposed to be your plan, but you know, so my grandma had been a bookkeeper her entire life mm -hmm. and I was relatively good with numbers. I could add, subtract, multiply, divide, all of that. I had taken accounting class in high school and that's what I felt pushed towards. It wasn't yeah. what I wanted to do. It's what I felt was the responsible thing to do and how I wouldn't let them down, how mm -hmm. they would be proud of me if I went that route. And your story is very similar to that. So if you want to tell everybody a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah. So math, numbers, uh, equations come very easily to me. I'm very lucky that not everyone can say that, but my dad and my mom both are that way as well. Uh, engineering and kind of bookkeeping type backgrounds. And my grandma as well was a bookkeeper. So in my aunt, as well. So it runs in the family. We're very, very good with numbers and it's very, very easy for me. So of course, being the people pleaser I was um, in high school and wanting to get that validation from my parents and not understanding that that's what I was reaching for. When I decided to take an accounting class, sophomore, junior year, um, I was really good at it. I got a lot of praise. I got a lot of attention because I was very good at it. And somewhere along the way, that seed got planted that this was the right thing to do. This was a stable career in a stable you know, industry. They always need accountants. You know, everything you can think about an accountant. Those were running through my head of, okay, this is, I'm good at it. So I'm going to do it. So from that point on, I just decided there was no ifs, ands, or buts. I was just going to be an accountant. It was just kind of decided. So I went to college and got uh, my bachelor's in accounting and then you know went to work for a public accounting firm in Kansas City I went on to get my CPA and I just kept rolling down that path without even stopping to question why and did it fill me up did I enjoy it of course I was good at it but did I like it um and you know what kind of validation what was I receiving from this um and not until I became a mom did I stop to think? So I got pregnant unexpectedly, but very happily um, was pregnant. And it stopped us in our tracks. It stopped me to kind of, you know, some people it's like a death in the family stops them to kind of reconsider their life. But then I, here I was pregnant when I wasn't even sure I wanted to have children. And my husband and I were like, okay, well, what are we, what are we doing? Is this the life we want? Is this the life we want to bring, you know, this child into and what do we need to look at? Suddenly this visual of, you know, getting up, going to work, repeating the same day over and over and over and living for that two week vacation did not, did not seem like what I wanted anymore. And then it was like everything flooded back to what I dreamt about as a child it's like I could get a glimpse back into that 
you know, freeness as a child and could see what I truly wanted and what actually lit me up. And once that turned on, you can't really turn it off again. It's there. And there was no going back. There was just discomfort as I continued to go to work as an accountant. So that's really, you know, how I started, where I went. And that was my turning point seven years ago. Well, and with some people in your situation, you know, unexpected pregnancy, again, still thrilled, would almost think, okay, but I have a stable career financially, you know, children aren't cheap. So, you know, I'm in the best career I can be right now. It's real easy to ignore that stuff that that pulls at you. So was it just so undeniable for you that you just had to, had to follow it? Or did it take some convincing yourself on your part that I need to, to switch careers and, and do what I'm passionate about. Yeah. So it was, and it's funny, I, I'm just connecting dots as we're talking. So I was pregnant when I was pregnant with my daughter. I remember one night I woke up in the middle of the night from a dream and I opened up my notepad and I wrote down that I wanted to travel though. I wanted to have my own business, work from my computer and travel the world. And in my mind, I was like, maybe I'll be a travel blogger. You know, I wasn't sure how that would look, but I remember I wrote that down. And from that point on, it was a, how can I make this work? I know how to work hard. I know how to, you know, put in endless hours. So I know if I can effort my way there, I will make this happen because why can't I? And of course I quickly learned that, you know, effort doesn't equal, you know, money in all cases, but it was so undeniable that I could not stop which is why I tried business after business after business, trying to make it work so that we could have that kind of freedom nomadic lifestyle that we desired of traveling the world with our kids and doing that. And I don't think I'm very hard headed, but when I get something in my mind, I do not stop until I reach that unless it no longer feels like a good fit. But if it is something I'm desiring I don't let anyone or anything kind of shut that down. But the best thing is I gained a lot of support. So my husband's very, very supportive of me reaching towards my dreams. And I have, my sisters are, my mom is, um, and I made a lot of friends who are also reaching for unconventional lives. And I call, I say unconventional, I'm doing air quotes because I don't think that should be unconventional, but allowing that support to come in helped me to not think I was so crazy and wanting to create a life that was different than how everyone else was living it. I think that's what this pandemic is showing so many people too, is that they're not happy in their corporate America jobs, that it literally is just a paycheck. And there are other ways to make money that are fulfilling and and you can follow your passion and your dreams. And you're a prime example of that now. So I actually want to touch on before we go into money design, you're also, you also have intuitive gifts as well. You know, you are a spiritual healer. At what point in your life did you realize that? And what did you start doing to really tap in and and hone Mm -hmm. in those gifts? Oh, that's a good question. Um, So with each one of my children, my children are very pivotal in my journey. Um, They kind of woke me up in different ways. So my oldest woke me up to this life that I desired that I wasn't living. And my second child woke me up to my intuitive gifts. Um, After my first child was born, I got introduced to the concept of energy work. 
So I started seeing a chiropractor, then I started going to acupuncture, and then you'd kind of start going down that and finding more and more and more people and more people. So I was already in there without even really realizing, you know, what energy work would entail. And I, I got my first Reiki level one training. And I did that right around my, uh, when my second daughter was born and I've gone on since then, but that was kind of the turning point of, oh, like I have these abilities. I can heal myself. It's not me going to others and allowing them to heal me. I have the power and we all have the power. And that was, you know, for me, my kids have been that waking up point, but something, another light turned on. And when, when I was pregnant with her of like, oh, there's more, oh, I, I hear things, I see things. And for whatever reason that was triggered with her. And then when I did my Reiki one, Reiki level one training, those kicked into high gear. And then I just continued to, I was curious and I continued to find people to teach me, to mentor me, to um, listen and witness what they were doing to help hone in on those gifts because it really, for me anyway, it really is a muscle. And I have become so confident and so really just confident in that gift by practicing, by using it, by trusting myself, by allowing myself to use it. And that has been the biggest piece of developing that gift is reaching out and finding other people who can show me Um, how they're using their gifts and watch them and then practicing myself getting like-minded people so that we can talk about this stuff and you know YouTube find blog articles I've just I was I couldn't find enough to dive into when it came to realizing that I had my own gifts and I could use them and that was kind of the light that got turned on you know four years ago I feel like I'm talking to myself right now and I absolutely love it because it's just, well, it's just justifying for myself too, that, you know, I've been on my journey as we all call it for the last couple of years now. And after I did Reiki one and two, especially after my first attunement, I saw the world completely differently. It was a very spiritual, emotional experience and things just started making sense. And you don't know why initially, but for some reason you trust it, you completely trust it. And that's what I've been telling so many people that I'm working with right now is it takes practice. It's not just something that happens and you know, you're all knowing and everything's great. It, It takes constant commitment and practice and gratitude and, you know, working with, you know, especially when you talk about Reiki on yourself, on others, you know, we are all energy and it just, would make sense that we share that energy with others and with ourselves. Um, So I'm really happy you brought all that up. I hope for those of you listening that don't really know what Reiki is, you take the time to look it up and look into it a little bit. It's fascinating and it can make a world of difference Um, for me anyway. Not only do I go get a massage now, but I have a Reiki session along with and I leave there ready to take on the world. Um, So I'm, I'm fascinated by those things. What other, are are you just intuitive or do you have other gifts as well that um, you haven't necessarily talked about? Yeah, I, I work in, I am not a big, which is kind of funny because I'm a CPA. So I have like this practical certification backgrounds, but when it comes to the energy work I've done, I, 
I don't really work with certifications or I haven't really, I haven't gone down that route. Um, Reiki attunements, which I'm glad you brought up the word attunement. I forgot that that's what it was called. Um, was that's the only thing I've done in terms of, you know, pre, you know, certification. Other than that, it's completely intuitive. It's been mentoring with other people. And I do a lot of kind of journeying work. So I do a lot of shadow work, integration, emotional release work, um, inner child work. I'm trying to think of what else comes up the whole gamut. It's, I am working with, when I work one-on-one with clients, I am tapping in, tuning in to their body and their spiritual guides are supporting me as well. So I am being directed. We usually work through their physical body and their emotional body. So I'm being guided to where they're holding the pieces that need to shift in order to shift their financial reality. So it really is a, I am shown or given the steps to take them through while I'm in that space. It's not a one size fits all. It's a very custom tailored. I don't even know what's going to come through before we hop on the call together And then we are led into the work and then we're shifting at that energetic level. And when it comes to group programs or my trainings, I'm channeling information. So I am working with the energy of my business and my mission. And what I, I believe that as business owners, the energy of our business is separate from us. So we're working with this other entity to bring forth a mission, to bring forth this vision. And we're working with our businesses. So when that's coming through, I'm really, I'm working with my, the energy of my business and channeling what needs to come through to serve my mission, which to me is helping people move past this current 3D viewpoint and interaction with money and moving into the new moving into this new paradigm of money where we're not stuck in this old structure with money. So I, again, I went off on a tangent. So did I answer your question? Yes, you absolutely okay, did. No, I love your tangents. You keep going. Cause That's I'm all learning something new every time you talk. <laughs> totally fine. But um, I do want to talk about your light bulb moment of when you conceptualize, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I can marry my intuitive gifts with my financial knowledge and help people. When did that hit you? And I'm guessing from hearing the little bit about, about what I know about you, you were just raring to go at that point and then couldn't stop putting it together. (laughs) Yes. So I, and I'm, I don't think I really said this, but I said, I, I spent like six years trying to figure this. It's like, I was trying to master this you know, key of being a business owner and allowing, you know, myself to be this time freedom, location freedom person. And in that process, I would leave corporate and I'd go back to corporate. And when one of those times where I was back at corporate, this was actually 2019, January, 2019. So I I remember it was January 11th, 2019. I remember the day. Um, I actually, a friend of mine and a mentor, she's an astrologer. Her name's Daphna Romanoff. She's amazing. Did a, a lengthy kind of birth chart reading for me. And she sent over the audio with it. And in it, she said something that triggered an idea. So she said, and I don't even remember what she said, but she said something. And all of a sudden, the ideas just like out of nowhere, of course, it's not out of nowhere, but just floated into my head. 
I had been trying so hard to run away from my money life. So from this corporate, practical, what I felt stuffy environment where I was really good with money, understanding it, but I hated it. Um, I did not like doing it. It didn't light me up. And I was trying to run away from that. And I was trying to create a business that was, you know, an energetic, intuitive business and trying to move into that. And I could not make either work. I wasn't, I couldn't make the one work and I wasn't happy in the other. And she said something that suddenly the light bulb moment came where instead of trying to separate the two, I needed to marry them together. I have this wealth of practical knowledge and I'm very intuitive and I'm very good in the energetic field and in working with the energetics of the body. And it just dawned on me to help people with their relationship to money in the energy, in an energetic way, instead of a practical way. And it was then it just kind of dawned on me. And it's funny, our family went on a trip shortly after Colorado and I had been deciding, it was like I was at a turning point. I was either going to go full time and give it my all back into to corporate. And I was going to find a job that, you know, maybe felt a little bit better than where I was, or I was going to give it another try. And I remember I, I asked and I was like, okay, God source, I don't know what to do. Am I supposed to go all in here and forget all of these nudges? Or am I supposed to go, you know, and give this another try? And I was like, I need a sign. Like I'm done. I need a sign. I don't usually ask for signs, but I need one. And we got in the car the next morning to drive back to Kansas. And I looked down at my phone and I saw a PayPal notification. And I was like, where'd that come from? And I looked and I forgot that I used to have an Etsy store where I I did tarot uh, intuitive readings on. Totally forgot about it. I never sold a single thing on it that I had started six or seven months ago. And someone randomly found my site, booked a reading, and that notification came through. And when I saw that, like full body chills, everything in me, I almost started crying. I was like, okay. I was like, I know what I'm being asked to do. I'm ready. You gave me the sign. I trust I'm going to do this. And that moment on, I was like, nothing is going to stop me. And three months later, I left my job and started my business full time. So it's been about 16 months now. And I'm fully supporting our family financially right now. And we tried to travel the world, but you know, we're recording this mid pandemic. Um, But I'm here now. And that was just 14 months ago that I was able to crack the code in a sense with this knowledge around money design and being able to use it for myself and then help others with it as well. So that I'm supporting other visionaries, other people who also want to change the world for the better and allowing, you know, my purpose to feed them, which helps the collective as a whole. Well, that is a perfect transition into talking about what money design is, because I think that's what holds a lot of people up. Even the most creative people in the world will say, well, I need money to start this, or I need this. And in some cases you do, in some cases you don't. And it's all about your mindset, but you've got to go back and deal with your subconscious programming, which you talk about. So if you want to give a little taste of what that's all about. Yeah. So I refer to it as money design and I like it because when you're looking at your money design, it is, and it's changeable. It's not something you're born, well, you are born with it, but it's not something you're born with that you have to stay with for the rest of your life. You can, 
but you don't have to. You actually can mold and meld and, and change it. So your money design is determining your financial reality at any given moment in time. So it's the way that your body's energetically structured to receive support. So when you're looking at money design, of course, we all think of money, but support comes in lots of ways. So it's really the whole gamut. But of course, everyone has this laser focus on money. So that's how I talk about it. Um, And it's like a blueprint, almost like a map for how and why you do what you do with money. So just quickly to kind of show an example. So we all make choices all day, every day. Even the choices we think and we believe we're thinking through, they're still being run through our subconscious programming. So that's where our money design lies. So the choices that we're making, just like my example and your example too, of wanting to go to university for accounting, although I did not realize that it was being run through this, the beliefs within my money design, it was. I wasn't run, that wasn't being run through because that's what I wanted to do. It was being run through because it ticked the boxes within my money design. It was a sound, again, air quote, career. It would pay the bills. It was stable. It made my parents happy. It made everyone else proud of me. It gave me validation. It ticked all those boxes, but it did not align with my soul's purpose. So the money design helps you to dive in and see Well, what belief, what conditioning, what pattern is causing me to make these decisions that don't align with my soul's purpose? Or even when you look at spending money. So for somebody who has almost, and I don't like to call it this way, but like a spending problem or shopping problem, you know, they know in their head, um, why am I doing this? Why am I spending this? I, I know how much I have. I know I know if I spend that, I'll be left with this. Why am I doing this? You know, and it's not, you're not stupid. You're not, there's nothing wrong with you. There is something, you know, a belief, a program, a pattern that actually makes you feel better in that lack, freak out, um, anxious mode. And it's likely because you grew up in a household with that same emotional blueprint where things were scarce. Um, things were stressful. There was never enough money. There's always a scramble or a struggle. So you bring yourself back to that state over and over and over again to relive that in a way, because as weird as it sounds, you're more comfortable in that state because it's familiar. So when you look at just that kind of spending issue, it's then looking to see, well, why, you know, did this same scenario happen with my mom? And I'm holding on to some unhealed you know, trauma or some emotional baggage that was never released and looking and kind of picking through those pieces, then using energetic tools to release them, to rewire them, to kind of delete. Easiest way to say it is delete that programming, delete those beliefs and insert a new one. So it's kind of like upgrading your operating system within your money design so that you can achieve the goals you want to achieve. Because if, if you want to make more money, and you have this, you know, fictional spending problem, it's going to be hard to get there because your body's going to want to keep taking you right back to that um, scarce, struggle, anxious state. So once you can remedy the root issue, then it will be easier to not, to see why you're reaching out to spend. And you likely won't have that same gut reaction. You'll likely be able to say, okay, I see this. I see what I have. 
and make a more sound decision based on what your goal is there. So that's really where diving into your money design helps you. And looking at it in that lens can help you to see that it's almost it gives you a nice visual to see that there are these pieces that you can start to kind of work on. You can start to tweak, you can start to take out, you can start to replace to allow your body and your money designs within your body to support you when it comes to your goals. Well, and that's the thing is that some of us tend to just accept that this is the way things are. And it takes that jolt of reality to say, no, this is, this is not my reality. This does not have to be my reality. It can be reprogrammed. It can be changed, but you have to be willing to do the work. You have to be honest with yourself look at your past. Um, you know, you mentioned shadow work. I just got done with shadow work and I, I wouldn't say got done, but went through my first round. Yes. <laughs> and wow. If that isn't a butt kicker, let's just call yes. it that. I mean, because you have to be truly honest with yourself, Ooh. relive some experiences yep. and then make your peace with them and energetically change your story. I just never thought about doing it with money. So when I discovered you, I'm like, hallelujah. Okay, here we go. Here's, here's the missing piece because who you just described is me. I'm that person. I'm totally that person who I, I have a shopping problem. I just do. There we go. I said it for all of you to hear. Um, My husband knows it full on with all the Amazon boxes that Uh arrive. Um, And it, it fills a void. You know, yeah. it's one of those things. Yeah. It's, it's constant. It's that constantly, you know, you never have enough, but you do. Like I look around my house, I'm like, we could downsize here and things would be just fine. But you know, if there's any room left on that credit card, I need to use it, you know, yeah, type it back up. Yep. Yeah. It just, yep. it's, it's crazy to me. So I'm fascinated to dive deeper into all of this. And I don't want you to give all your secrets away because I want people to actually go sign up for your video series and learn more about it. Cause you've put the work into that, but there is a lot more to it too. There's, um, it's three, I think three areas that really affect, well, three areas too, that affect your money design. Um, that I, I really want people to learn about and hear about. Now for you, when you were developing this whole process and it was coming to you and you were working on yourself, what was that like for you? Cause you did all the trial and error for us. So now you've got it down and can teach us how to do it. But for you, what was that process like? And I, I just have to say, I love, I don't know if, are you into human design at all? I don't know much about, no, I don't know. Okay. You'll have to, that would be something interesting. I feel like your audience would like as well, but look at human design. That actually is my profile line. And I love that you say trial and error because that's what I'm here to do is to trial and error and teach trial and error and teach. So that was a lot of validation for me. Um, So the process for me was being continually um, running into brick walls um, and knowing that there had to be another way. I was never going to give up in looking at how I could make this work. I, and I say this, you know, I already said this, but I don't do this because it's always been good for me. We had, and we still do have debt. We had massive amounts of debt from me for six years, trying to figure out the magic formula, the right strategy, the right mindset, the right coach, the right product, the right this, 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 this to make it work. But none of those worked. Um, And I knew there had to be something more. 
I knew how to work hard. I knew how to network. I'm, I know how to be visible. I know all the marketing. I know everything. I don't know everything, but I thought, you know, I know those pieces and it's still, I could not create a profitable business. And that's when I knew I had to look deeper. I had to look at this energetic level. I was using energy work for other things. You know, I was using Reiki for myself and, you know, I was looking energetically at all these other things. And I knew that I had to force myself to look at why I was doing the things that I was doing with money, why I was racking up our credit cards, why I was okay getting out another one and starting a new one, because this was going to be the thing that was going to get us there. Why I was giving my power away um, instead of taking that power back within and knowing that I'm worthy to receive right now. I don't need another book, another course, another thing. Of course, they're all wonderful and coming in with the right intention, but I didn't need those things in order to earn money, in order to allow money to come in. And it was really diving into why I felt I wasn't deserving and I wasn't worthy of receiving, especially doing something I loved. So of course I thought I was worthy and deserving when I was going to, you know, driving downtown to my office and spending, you know, 50 hours there every week. That didn't feel good. That was stressful. That felt like a struggle that didn't feel good with my kids. Um, But I earned money when that happened and it just kept feeding that. So it was diving into why, why I didn't feel worthy to receive. And I love to say, I, I go into this work through the lens of money. And when you get in, when you get past that, that doorway, which is money, it has nothing to do with money. Zero to do with money. It's all about the ways that we are giving our power away. And so it was me, you know, how I was giving my power away, how I was allowing everyone else's validation and everyone else's happiness and them being happy with me um, was affecting, you know, my choices. And so power away. And then how we believe we're worthy to receive. So what parts of us do we believe we're not worthy of receiving what we want and having this easy, fun, um, pleasure-filled life. And that's not, that's not always fun diving into that stuff. That's a lot of inner child work. That's a lot of, you know, ancestral work. That's a lot of looking at how you need to create boundaries in your very real life with people, with places, with things, and taking, making hard choices around what you are no longer available for. And nine times out of 10, it doesn't have anything to do with money. And it's, it's that shadow work piece. It's not always fun going through it, but it is very telling. You can see the awareness. You can connect the dots very easily. And as long as you can keep your vision and your dream and your goal um, bigger than that discomfort, that very temporary discomfort, you can allow yourself to move through that, knowing that you will be happier, feel more whole um, on the other side. And that's, that's the process I kind of took myself through over five years um, of, you know, finding, I found various people to help me with different pieces. Um, But I didn't know anyone that does the work that I'm doing now. So I didn't have that as a resource. So it was people showing me how to do that in different areas of my life and then pulling those pieces together for myself and applying it to money and then creating this, 
money design framework after going through all these pieces. You know, I didn't come up obviously with the the technique or um, the concept that, you know, what we change within, we change without. I'm pulling from all kinds of mentors, teachers, books, and everything that I use for myself. I'm pulling together to allow us to look through the lens of money as to how we can apply it to help shift our own financial reality. I think that's such an important message. And, you know, I told you in my very first email message to you that I feel like people are brought into our lives at the right time, you know, when you need certain things. And I've been blessed with the most amazing people in my life for the last couple of years who, like you, have been mentors and teachers and things like that. And I think you're my next one. I do. It's just amazing to hear you speak and to hear things about not feeling worthy. Like none of us want to admit that. That takes some deep, deep level work to realize that's actually what's happening. You know, I'm a pretty confident, headstrong person myself, but to sit there and say, okay, I'm doing this because something's missing because I don't feel worthy and I am worthy. That's a huge light bulb. That's a huge moment. Um, so I think a lot of people need to hear that right now and, and you need to dive in and you need to do that work and be honest with yourself because it's going to change your life. It's going to change the trajectory of your life. Once you're able to do that emotional work, being human is rough. It is. It just is. (laughs) Especially in 2020. 2020 is highlighted. What would, Yeah. That is that. Yeah. 2020 is just going to be one of those things for the history books that there's not going to be enough room in history to write all about 2020. Um, What would you say you've learned most about yourself while creating this program? Um, Let me think. So what did I learn most about creating this? I learned that and the thing that I'm kind of moving into is taking people again, this, it's a lens, this lens of money and allowing myself to teach outside of that box. So I've always been very, I'm the money girl. I'm this, I'm money healer, but allowing myself to, again, I'm taking them through the lens of money and then into all other kinds of stuff. So it'll, it has allowed me to stand more firmly in my own power of teaching in ways that aren't purely motivated by more money in your bank account to stand in my power in helping others to manifest their dream life because they want to experience it, not because they want to fill their bank accounts, just to fill them. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no judgment either way, but standing in my power of, I only want to connect, teach, and work with people who are visionaries, who are wayshores, who know that they're here for a bigger purpose than themselves. Um, and know that I am here for them. I'm not here for everybody. I'm here for those people who know they have a message, who know they have a mission. And money is the thing that seems to be, you know, the excuse. And I say that very lovingly um, as to why they can't move forward. And going through this process has allowed me to step into my confidence of knowing that I'm here for them. I'm not here for everybody. And I can take you through that process where well past money and into how to manifest and create that life that you desire outside of just this number. 
Well, as you just mentioned, you said you're not here for everybody. This isn't everybody's cup of tea. Not everyone is going to buy off on any (laughs) of this. So how do you deal with that criticism? Oh, gosh. Um, I now, great. At this point in my life, wonderfully. But that was the thing that stopped me for so long. You know, when you think of people who are, it's almost like coming out of the spiritual closet in a way of like letting people know that, you know, you have these gifts and you are doing things in this way when it's hard because they've always known you in, in one light, in one way. And when you look at not everybody is here for this kind of growth and this journey, this spiritual journey, um, everyone who's listening, I'm sure you are, but we all have family members. We all have friends who are not here for it at this moment, maybe later on in life, but right now they're not on that path. So it can be hard to be different and show up in a different way when they've always expected you in one way. And it's just taken time for me. It's taken looking at, again, shadow work, why I cared more about what they thought about me, why I cared more about their validation in my work than my own mission. And looking at those pieces, again, that kind of people pleasing Darcy from high school who carried on to college and beyond that, but looking at what she needed and giving her that the real validation that she needed from myself. So not allowing other people's opinion of me, their approval of me matter. And it took time. Of course it stung, you know, my, not everyone in my family is open or receptive to what I do. You know, I have lots of people in my life who don't understand why I do what I do. That's okay. Um, I'm okay if people fall away. I know that the people who stay in my life love me unconditionally, whether they understand me or not. And the ones that don't, I just know that it's making, it's clearing way for new people to enter into my life. And of course I say that like, it's an easy thing. It's not. Um, But you get to a point where again, your mission, your purpose, your dreams, your goals, your desires are bigger than that discomfort. And it really comes down to that. And taking action, creating boundaries so that you allow yourself to create support so that you can continue moving forward towards your mission. And shadow work is the thing that helped me through that and looking at how I can give myself that validation, how I can love myself regardless. If anybody in the world is listening to me, um, how can I move forward without caring if a single person ever works with me again? Um, how can I love myself regardless and know that what I'm doing is important without getting that outside validation? You couldn't have said that more perfectly. If you tried, I want everyone to rewind back this up and listen to it again and again and again, because that's powerful. That is the key to so much of this is stop taking everything so personally. Not everything is actually about you and just be confident in yourself and your own abilities and what your dreams and goals are and know that that's your mission and purpose in life. That is one of the hardest hurdles to get over. And I don't know that all of us a hundred percent do it, but if you can get close, yeah. it is a freeing feeling to actually not care. And definitely the part you said about letting people fall away. 
you know, they say that, you know, people are here for a season, you know, they're here for a time to teach you whatever it is they need to teach you. And sometimes energetically, they're not for you anymore. And it's okay to let them go and make room for the new. You couldn't have said that better. So on the flip side, what inspires you? Ooh, what inspires me? My children. Um, they are, they're catalysts for me. They teach me. They are the best teachers I've had in this life. The, when we're looking, keep talking about shadow work. Um, and we're looking at the emotional pieces around that. They trigger me (laughs) in so many ways that it forces me, of course I could ignore it. Um, and, and not look at the, what the trigger is, but they inspire me by constantly knowing that I have more room to grow. I have more room to evolve um, at each new level of my growth and moving forward. They're showing me exactly where I need to go look next. The things that, you know, that are triggering very strong emotional reactions in me um, are mostly coming from my children and they're kind of being teachers in that way. And luckily I'm consciously aware so that I know that it's not about them. It's me. Um, They're just projections for me that I can dive into the work in myself, but they inspire me in that way. And their, their openness, their freeness, they, my oldest who's six, she knows she's awesome. She knows she deserves the world and she will settle for nothing less. Um, there's no, I'm not shutting that down. And there's no reason for any of us to shut that down. You know, we're all born worthy to receive and to live this life the way that we want to. And they're so inspiring to me because it's like, I'm getting a glimpse into how we come into this world with this knowingness and then seeing how, not through my kids, but seeing how, you know, with me, how it was turned off, how that light was turned off, that cover was put over me. And I kind of came down into my box that made everyone else feel really good because I was triggering other people um, who did not realize that the trigger was really a projection for them to explore further. So they're my inspiration. They are the reason I am so loud and move forward the way that I do, because I want to create a life in a world where they can take this and create whatever they want. And, you know, the sky is the limit for them and allowing myself at the same time to create that for me, but they are my driver. And that's the message I think I really want people to hear too, is you could be the person to change and shift that ancestral pattern. Yes. You don't have to commit to that because that's how you were trained, learned, conditioned, whatever. You have the power to change that. So your kids are going to grow up with this whole new experience that you didn't have. And who knows what they're going to do to change the world. (laughs) Yes. And that's the beauty of it. And to see all these people who are shifting in that way, knowing that, you know, whether you have kids or not, you have nieces, nephews, you have neighbors, you have all kinds of people we're in contact with. And continuing to spread that light. You know, I like to think of myself as a light worker and and a shadow worker as well, but allowing those light bulbs to turn on and knowing that we can all make a difference, but it starts within ourselves, you know, heal ourselves, we heal the world and we all have our part to play, whether it's, you know, you're writing a book or you have a business, it doesn't matter. Healing yourself helps to heal the collective and helps us to move forward in a new way in this world. Uh, we're going to keep the positivity going because I can't take it. There's so much positivity <laughs> happening right now. I love it. 
We have reached the point in the podcast where I am going to give you a scenario, probably a scenario a lot of us have gone through in our lives. Um, maybe not completely to the reason why you'll understand in a minute, but your task will be to find the positive in it. It's going to be really easy to find the negative. Let's find the positive. Okay. So here we go. Um, you've lost your job due to the pandemic and you need to make money to support your family. Jobs in your field are scarce. Find your retrospective. Ooh, okay. So I feel, even as you read that, I can feel the excitement building towards the path that's been laid out for them. I have met a lot of people over the last five months who this has happened to, you know, where they are faced with this. And the coolest thing out of it, once you can look past the very real fear, um, is to see how you've been set up. I don't believe that anything, you already said this, everything happens for a reason. Everything is working for us, um, not against us. So having a situation where you are pushed out is opening up a door. Doors close, there's another door opening. You're just in the middle. It's almost like the visual that I'm getting is a door is closed behind you. You're in a really dark hallway. If you just keep walking, you keep taking steps, the doorway is going to illuminate in front of you and you're going to be able to open it up to see the new path that's been laid out in front of you. So the positive is really looking at where am I being guided to? Shifting into curiosity, into wonderment, into, ooh, I wonder why this door needed to be closed and I wonder what door is going to open. I wonder what path is unfolding for me right now and I can't wait to see what it is. So the more we can shift into that curiosity into, I wonder what's going to happen, which is something I learned from one of my mentors, Maru Iachbella, is this curiosity and this wonderment of staying in there opens up doors. When you stay in the the fear or the loss and you're hanging on to that doorknob trying to open it behind you and it's already closed and locked, you're unable to look in front of you. So even as silly as, Thinking different thoughts and interrupting your thoughts to think different thoughts allows you actually to see more clearly. Um, And it's not always easy, of course, when you're in that situation, but there's so much that can come from doors closing. And if you can stay in that curiosity, if you can stay in that wonderment, you can see that there's actually endless doors in front of you that you're going to be able to walk through. And the path is just creating itself. You just have to take one step, one step, one step forward. Yeah, I got chill bumps right now because I'm going to be honest, I selfishly asked that question for me because that is exactly what I'm going through right now. And that's how I'm trying to approach it. It was real easy that first month, five months ago to be really angry, upset, play the why me game, all of those things, the the scared, you know, panicked feeling of how am I going to make money, all of that stuff. Um, And I was able to switch it relatively quickly um, and, and kind of go down that path of, okay, but what's possible. And that's where this whole, you know, podcast came from and everything is just, you know, what I wouldn't have had time to do this otherwise. I, I would, you know, I would have had to really move mountains to make it happen. I guess I could yep. have done it, but not as easily as I am now. So again, great message, you know, keep okay. going down your path, look for those doors opening and be open 
to those doors opening. I think that's half of it too, is, you know, a door opens and you second guess yourself. Like, yes. am I good enough? Am I worthy? Why, why do I think I know anything? Is this really yeah. for me? Yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. Yep. So beautiful message. Um, what mantra do you say to yourself that keeps you going? Ooh, um, the mantra that's coming through, um, as I think about that is if I have, and I'm very wordy, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to give it in a short, <laughs> you don't have little mantra. as okay, long perfect. as you want, I could listen perfect. to you talk forever. Go for it. Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. So what's coming through is a quote that I share and I'm going to butcher it because, um, and make it a little, little bit longer, but in order to get somewhere new, you have to do something different. Um, I am on this growth path. I know you're on, everyone who's listening is on. We care about growth. We want to evolve. We want, we want more for ourselves and for the world. And when you think about, okay, if you want something new, you've got to do something you've never done before. It keeps me on my toes. I am going to be a lifelong learner. I am constantly soaking things up, figuring out how I can shift and change so that I can keep moving towards my goals and my dreams. So that's something that I always keep in the back of my mind of I'm never going to stop having, as soon as I reach that goal, there's going to be another one right after there. So I'm constantly putting myself out of my comfort zone. So there's always something that I've never done. So I'm always going to be doing something that I've never done before to get there. So it's this getting out of my, the magic is outside of your comfort zone. That's probably the mantra there. And there's so much magic in getting out and doing something different. That's going to help you reach where you want to go. Because when we look at our life right now, it is made up of the thoughts, beliefs, and actions we've taken right now. Um, So if we shift those thoughts, beliefs, and actions, we create a different reality tomorrow. So if we're constantly pushing ourselves to do differently and not in a way of, you know, do better, but if we're just constantly allowing ourselves to push ourselves out of our comfort zone towards that goal, we have no choice but to reach it. If we just keep moving, if we just keep taking a step, and that's what I, of course, I rest. Last week was one of those days I didn't get on social media for four days. My whole business is there. I need rest. I'm not a go-getter type A person anymore. I used to be, but it's knowing that I'm pausing, um, I'm not stopping and just allowing that to keep me kind of driven forward. Montrospective listeners, I hope your mind is blown as much as mine is right now, because I am ready to hang up from this podcast and go change the world. I am. I I, I, I just am. We're all doing it. Thank you for showing us that it's possible to recalibrate your money design to align with what you want. It's all about becoming energetically aligned. If you're ready to do the work and dive into your own design, check out all of Montrospective social media pages as well as Montrospective.com. I'll be linking to all of Darcy's social media and where you can watch her free three video series where she dives deeper into what your money design is and how she can help you um, redo it, redesign it, get your life going. (laughs) So thank you for joining me, Darcy. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Well, everybody get out there, look at Darcy's videos, start changing your money design, and I'll talk to you again soon.
Remember, your thoughts become your reality. You have all you need to begin to make your dreams come true. Dream it, believe it, manifest it. Have a great week and I'll talk to you again soon.